And now, presenting the Star of the Show podcast with your host, Delaney Swift. All right, so ladies and gents, we have a very special guest here on the podcast. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of him or anything, but his name is Daniel Abke, and he just so happens to be my boyfriend and my roommate and partner, (laughs) dog dad. So Daniel Abke, welcome to the podcast. Excited to be here, Delaney. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Daniel... And I, I thought it would be fun if we just told the story of like how we met or how we know each other. And I feel like your description is a lot different than mine. And I feel like yours is going to be like one sentence. So why don't you tell your perspective first? On how we met or how we know each other or what? Both, both. Originally, Because I feel like I, they're different, you know? Th- yeah, because we knew of each other before we actually started meeting each other. <laughs> okay, so tell from your perspective. I think well, we had college, we had classes in college, or we had a class in college together, and we had mutual friends. And throughout college, we knew who each other were. So, fast forward to after college a little bit. Uh, what was it? Two years after college, we ended up uh, messaging each other back and forth, and going, and then eventually, I, I'm trying to think back. <laughs> eventually, I. Came up to Columbus because I was living in Cincinnati at the time. And we went out to dinner, went on a date, did all that stuff. But yeah, pretty much I, we knew who each other were in college. And then after college, a couple of years after, I reached out on Instagram. We started talking from there and came up to Columbus to hang out. And then came to your birthday party, McDonald's birthday party <laughs> as well around that time. And that's pretty much it. And then we started talking from there. We were inseparable ever since. It's true. It's kind of true. So that I feel like that's good. That's probably the best you've ever told it, honestly. Um, that's a very simplified version. Basically, we knew each other in college. And then we actually met, we matched on Hinge. Do you remember this? In mm-hmm. 2019, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So in 2019, we matched on Hinge. I believe it was like around November, I want to say. This is just a guess. And... I had my location that for like some reason somehow set like really wide. And so I was like picking up like people in because I was living in Columbus, Ohio at the time and Daniel was living in Cincinnati. And for some reason I had like my thing on really wide and I picked up like Daniel in Cincinnati and he was like, oh, fancy seeing you here. Like, what are you doing here or something like that? I don't know. And like we obviously already knew who each other were. Because like one of some of our best friends, like Daniel's really good friend from like growing up, was one of my good friends in my sorority. So we always knew who each other were. And apparently I we were in classes together in college, but I don't really remember. <laughs> and Daniel said that I was like a what, like a teacher's pet. Yeah, that's how that's how I knew you were in the <laughs> classes because you kept raising your hand. And I was like, it was like a four hour once a week class too, the worst kind of classes there. And I wouldn't show up a lot either, but when I did, Delaney would be at the front of the classroom raising her hand. It was an, it was an international business class. Was this the one that was like in Ellis by like kind of like Baker? It didn't have AC. Yeah. It was like a really old building. Yeah. It wasn't in like the business building. No. no, no. It was like, I could, I remember from the, li- from the, from the window, I could see the library. 
Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I do some somewhat remember that, but anywho, we knew who each other were, whatever. I always heard Daniel's name in my sorority house because a bunch of people were friends with him. And then a couple years out of college, we're both single. We match on Hinge. Then like I think the spring of the next year, like we had, we didn't talk for like a few, like a handful of months. And then I think like around spring of 2020, you messaged me on Instagram and you said, why don't we pick things up where they left off? And I think you were with Emma this, this day, right? Yes. With Emma at our other friend's Vlad's house. I remember that was during COVID. Okay. Yes. Oh, were you working out that day? At Vlad's house. That's what we okay. did during COVID because everything was shut down. So we just go to Vlad's and do push-ups and Emma came. I don't think she was working out. Yeah. <laughs> just to watch. So anyways, Emma is one of our mutual friends. He was with Emma and Vlad that day and messaged me on Instagram. And then we I'm pretty sure we got each other's numbers from there and like texted a bunch. I literally remember too, like when I was in Charleston, like for a week with my girlfriends um do you remember this when I was like I was texting you and I was like should I I think I maybe asked you like should I go somewhere like should I go to Charleston like is this a bad idea because of COVID and then I went and I was there for like a week with my friends staying at my friend's aunt's air like rental home quarantining but like we were like okay if we're gonna be quarantined we might as well be quarantined in Charleston and have fun um so anywho I remember and I remember texting you like I don't remember exactly how the conversation started, but I was like sending you pictures of engagement rings. This is like before we ever hung out as like a joke. Do you remember this? Not at all. You don't? No. Oh my God. I remember it was like a joke. I don't remember how the conversation started, but I said something like maybe probably like you're obsessed with me or something like that. And I, I don't know. I sent a bunch of engagement rings and you were like, okay, mm. great. Noted. <laughs> I don't, you know? don't recall at all. <laughs> my style's probably changed since then, so please don't go referencing those. Um, <laughs> he's like, I don't even remember. Anywho, I remember just, you know, texting, and then you came to my McDonald's, or no, you came to my Memorial Day party, right? Yes. Yeah. When I lived on Denison, and then shortly thereafter, you took me on a date, like a day or two before my birthday or after my birthday, and then I we had like a, a birth, big birthday party at my house. It was like a super spreader event, honestly, in 2020. It was my 25th birthday, and we did a McDonald's-themed birthday party. And pretty much inseparable from there. So that's my side of the story. But now we live together in Florida. So I want to hear a little bit from your perspective. Like, what was, you know, what went into your decision to wanting to move states to move to Florida and like, what, what was the thought process on your side? I think it all, like, I always knew I wanted to get out of Ohio, but I had a nine to five job there and was located in Cincinnati through my job. I had an outside sales job covering Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati. And I always knew I wanted to get out of Cincinnati at some point. Um, in terms of where I, I thought I would be going out West somewhere like Arizona, looking at some other places. And that was kind of the plan I wanted to go. So originally I wanted to go to Bali for like six to 12 months and do that and just work as kind of a nomad at the time I had online businesses. So I was able, I would be able to do that. And then COVID hit and the border shut down. And then that brought me to a point where, okay, I don't want to just stay around because Bali's closed. We ended up coming down and visiting our friend Joey here and saw Tampa and 
I've always heard good things about Tampa. Joey's been there. I visited him a couple of times and I ended up coming down here with you and visiting it. And it just seemed like a good fit. And I think that's where like, I was like, why don't we just look at moving to Tampa instead? But in terms of why I actually wanted to move, it was just to experience different things, find new friend groups, be somewhere more, you know, Cincinnati's not the most entrepreneurial city. So it's nice being places where you can meet more people uh, that do similar things that what I do, which is entrepreneurship. That was one of the big things. And then plus, I mean, it's just a lot. I don't want to say nicer, but you have the amenities of being in Florida and being, you know, being down here in the great city like St. Petersburg. It's just there's there's tons to do. There's Tampa here, St. Petersburg here. You got the beaches. You got a lot of activities. And then we go home. I go home once a month or so. Anyways, once a month, once every other month at, at least. So do that and kind of go back and forth. Yeah. I I mean, I think that when we kind of like first started dating, you were like, I'm moving soon. Like you were, you had your mind made up. Like you were determined. I'm like, I'm going to move to Arizona. Like it was Phoenix for a while. Remember? Yeah. And it was at that point I had the plan and I had the execution already and I just needed to, you know, cause when, when you're talking like I, I still had my nine to five job then, but I had the exit ready pretty much. Uh, and I was getting ready, ready to list the business. And I knew that. So when I, I always knew once I quit my job and list the business for sale and all this different stuff, that's the time. Cause I'm getting out of my nine to five, all of that. So things were just really like when you and I met, things were kind of aligning in that way. Mm-hmm. And then we both wanted to move. So were you in your head thinking like, I'm going to wait for her to like be ready to move or what? No, because was I was just like it kind of aligned was, that we both wanted to move. It was both aligned. We both wanted to move. And when when we made that decision, like we were just like, why don't we just move to Tampa? It was easy, easy move. We had friends down here yeah. not too far. I mean, it's a 13 hour drive. It's not horrible or direct flight. It just made a lot of sense. And we were both ready. And I, it wasn't a hard decision in my mind at all. It was something that was coming and it was in the making. Yeah, it kind of aligned perfectly, honestly just like the location wise, because we in like the, well, yeah. In 2021, January of 2021, we went to, where did we go? We went to Scottsdale and Phoenix area and we went to Sedona and we went to Denver and we were kind of like exploring like places to live. We're like, okay, do we really want to live in Scottsdale slash Phoenix area? Like if so, let's go out there and just kind of like scope out areas to live. And then I don't really know what kind of like turned us off from that. I don't think it was like anything against Phoenix or Scottsdale or anything like that. But then our plan was to quit our corporate jobs and go to Bali for like six months or three months or however long. Then again, like you said, the borders were closed. And then we came down in February. So it was only a month later that we came down to visit Joey and Lisa. But we came Mm -hmm. down to visit Joey and Lisa, Daniel's friend from growing up, and they lived, they still live in Tampa and we came to St. Pete and we're like, this is perfect. Why wouldn't we just move here? It's like a lot closer. It's easier for our family to get to. It has all the criteria that we want, the good weather, the like open-minded people. Not that, you know, people in Ohio aren't open-minded. It's just definitely more entrepreneurial. And like a lot of people are doing different things here. Like I don't have a lot of friends here that just do normal nine to five jobs. Um, You know what, on on that topic, you know what Joey said? What? And this just gives, this is going off of what you just said, more entrepreneurial people. Joey one time was like, he was telling us how he was pitching us the idea. He's like, I'm doing a, what do he say? He's like, I'm doing a, a Netflix documentary on opening a restaurant. 
And I was, and you and I were both with him at the time. And we're like, oh, that's great. He's like, yeah, I got the video crew. I hired him out. They're following me around to all these spots because he's opening a restaurant here. And they're getting, he's getting all his Emilio's, his grandpa's restaurant, all his material in and opening it with the videographer. And he has all these video guys going out and recording them, touring these spots. And Joey said, based on that, he's like, it's really cool because you guys and people down here are, they don't look at me like I have three eyes when, when I say something like that. Because a lot of people mm-hmm. up in certain, not I'm not going to say certain areas, but a lot of people that hear that type of stuff, that would be shocking. Like that, it, it, they'd look at them funny just from the yeah. idea, like his mom was, he said his mom was looking at him funny. So I just wanted to go off that point. No, that's true. I think that's so true. And I feel like Joey and Lisa, like they're kind of, I mean, they may be talking behind closed doors, but I don't, I don't know. I think they're relatively, like they're su- very supportive. And like a lot of our friends here are super supportive of like the things that we have going on that are outside of just like the norm, you know? And that's really cool and like inspiring to be around. Um, and I, I mean, yeah, I feel like your parents are always going to be like a little wishy-washy at first until you see something come to life. But um, I totally feel like that here. It's like very, it's a lot more inspiring to be here for me personally. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that you probably feel the same. Definitely. So what are our hopes for the future in terms of like living? What is your vision in terms of like where we're going to live, what you want, what like arrangement you want? in even the near future? Well, next summer, we're planning on going up to Ohio, getting our own spot up there for three, four months of the year. I was thinking from June through September, something like that, because it starts getting hot here. You know, May's beautiful. June's not bad. August comes and September come, and those are pretty hot. So, you know, maybe June through September, something like that. Uh, Getting a place up there, you know, three, four months of the year, coming down here, and then just traveling a little bit more from down here. This Mm -hmm. winter, we want to go over... potentially rent going out west going out west yeah and potentially rent uh airbnb out west to ski and do some outdoor activities things like that but i mean i'm gonna stay down here in the new, near future we just bought this house in what fe- january just moved yeah. in february something like that earlier this year stay here for a year in this house two years and then move out to another house here in the same and just rent this one out and kind of see where it takes us But yeah, I'm staying here and then kind of just hybrid snowbird type stuff going back and forth from here to Ohio. Yeah. I I forgot to mention that too. We, Daniel bought a house in January and we moved in at the end of January, early February. We lived in an apartment for like what, a year and a half, almost two years, which was great. (laughs) Then it became donkey meat. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we live in a house now and I love it. It's so nice having our own space and like being able to like decorate how we want. And Daniel got a sauna and an ice bath and he's like got a whole wellness spot in the backyard. We, we like redid our whole entire backyard. What would you say your favorite thing is about living in a house now versus being hmm. in an apartment here together? Not having a guy, a foreign man below me hitting a broom on the <laughs> ceiling when we're walking around. <laughs> um, oh now that God. going on that, like the space, yeah, we had someone below us just, you know, uh, we'd be walking ran like in, in the morning, not even stomping our feet or anything. And they'd take their broom or whatever and start hitting it up on the ceiling to quiet us down. But that going off that, like that was a joke, but the space, I think I like having space. We're in a quiet neighborhood. You can go on a walk with Zoe. I have a moped now. I just bought a moped riding that around the neighborhood's fun. I like the space, honestly, the the house is nice. The pool's nice. The sauna, nice bath, is nice. But the the actual our own space is the the main thing. 
Yeah, I agree. It's nice being able to like open the door and let Zoe out and just feel, yeah, like we have our own private space. The the guy that lived below us, for context, we lived on the fourth floor, like the top floor in our apartment building. And the guy that lived below us would always like pound whatever, like a broom or whatever it was on our ceiling if we were making noise. And the craziest thing is like we probably never went to bed past like 11 p.m. when we lived there. We never really had people over. Like we never really hosted Like, I can't even recall times that we would even be loud enough to, like, even make noise for people to hear. Like, we weren't blasting music or anything like that. The only thing I could think of is, like, Zoe and, like, maybe, like, pulling a chair out or whatever. But Yeah, it was her pause. There was, like – What? It was her pause. Yeah, her pause. Like, she definitely is a little probably, like, noisy since she's a a bigger dog. But there was one night where Daniel was sitting on the couch. Zoe was laying on her bed and I was standing in the kitchen doing dishes and he started pounding and we're like, I'm sorry, what did you just, what did we just do that like set you off to do that? I don't understand. And he was like, just scary looking. There were times and he he would just get aggressive with it. So there were times where I would like go and lock our apartment door for fear that he was going to come up there and like punch me in the face or something. I don't know. It was scary. Is that that was probably the time that, I got really mad too because we were just laying there on the couch like watching a movie or something and he starts banging. <laughs> and you started pounding your feet back. I know. Yeah. And then I t- – yeah, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> that wasn't good. Um, okay. So for people who don't know, and I know I, I started this intro off with this is my boyfriend, but there's much more to him than just being <laughs> my harm candy. Daniel is an entrepreneur. He owns multiple businesses. He has owned multiple businesses and sold previous businesses. Right now, he's currently focused in the real estate industry, um, specifically land is is where he has his heavy focus with AppuLand and Land Investing Online. So for starters, why don't you just tell people who have no idea what land investing is, have no idea what your industry even is or what it does, tell us about the industry and about what it is that land investing online is in AppuLand. Yeah, I'll, I'll start by saying, like you said, I've had I've had a lot of different businesses in my past. I, I counted like 13 at one point. So I always just say like 10 to 15, somewhere in between there. But I had a lot of different businesses and I had the same goal as you have and a lot of other people have, of, or I did. A lot of people in your audience will probably have the goal of wanting to be able to quit their job. And I wanted to find a path out. So I was looking at, e-commerce like i had e-commerce stores amazon fba i was shipping products i had kindle publishing writing books i had blog sites i've had you know i started a juice company at one point so i've had a ton of businesses just looking for that freedom in my life and i had some success in some of those businesses. like the e-commerce stores did well i had an electric bike company the amazon kindle publishing did really well and i saw some success in amazon and some other things but what really eventually I was two of my mentors, Joe and Mike Bruska, introduced me to land investing, where pretty much you just buy land and resell it. Buy it under, under market value, which means you're buying a hundred thousand dollar property, less than a hundred thousand dollar property. It's worth a hundred, you're buying it for in our case like fifty thousand dollars. And you just buy it off market and then resell it for more. And they kind of introduced me to that. They're doing it a little bit differently than what we're doing today, but I looked into it. And at the time, Ron, my brother, Ron, was a college basketball coach in uh, South Carolina. And I was on the way to meet you, Delaney, and your mom and Mike at the cabin. And I was and I called him 
my brother Ron to kind of Wait, pitch him. Wait, did we him go that. separate? I think we drove separate for whatever reason. You might have been probably coming from Columbus. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. So I called my brother Ron, pitched the idea with land. And within, I remember sitting down in the cabin we had with your mom and Mike and like getting a list together of things we needed and all this different stuff. We started the business when I was there. Wow. And that was like my first entry into land. And that was like around Thanksgiving. And by Christmas, we had a full blown, or that was Christmas. No, by that Christmas, was Christmas. That was it, Christmas. But on Christmas day, we worked through the, literally worked through most of the night getting our, our business together and actually executing on it. And that was kind of the start of it. Yeah, because this was, I believe, 2021, right? Yeah, we're 20, 2020, I think. Oh, maybe. It's 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, this was, we were going to a cabin for Christmas. My mom, Mike, Daniel, and I, my mom and I's Christmas gift to each other this specific year was renting a cabin for a few days in Hawking Hills to like celebrate Christmas together and just like be cozy or whatever. So that's so, I actually didn't know that that was the time for some reason. I had no idea that's what you're working on then. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. We felt like we went full force into that and gave it everything, literally everything we had. And I had, so at that point, my brother Ron was working as a basketball coach and needed more, he wanted more income. And at that time I, I had some other successful businesses so I, I kind of proposed to him, I would put up a lot of the capital up, uh, up front and then he needs to put in a lot of the work too. And we just, at first I was like, you put in most of the work, I'll put in like 10 to 20 hours a week. But I ended up liking the industry and sawing the potential. And we both went full force into that within six months. You know, we were pretty <laughs> much doing it full time. He was able to quit his job. I mean, fast forward to today, it's what we do full time. We teach others how to do it. So we really yeah. took the land investing industry, which like I said, is just buying and selling properties. There's a lot of different things you can do within land. But that's what we're doing. We're flipping land, essentially. Yeah. So, like, for people who, like, need people to, like, really explain things for them, basically, they're finding vacant land and based off of data that makes it seem very valuable, they are making an offer under market value and they are reselling it without maybe even not even stepping foot on the property and selling it for over market value. So for example, like if you're, if you had a piece of property that was like willed down to you, or it's just been in your family for a long time, or maybe you bought it a long time ago or whatever. Some, a lot of people are looking to get rid of their properties, make some money. And if someone sends them the right offer, they'll buy that type of property and then resell it for a profit. So that's kind of how it works. It was kind of hard for me to understand at first. So for people who didn't know, that's kind of what that is. But and you kind of jumped the gun at first because I want to talk a little bit more about like your other businesses because in I guess it was 2020 when you started this because I think in mm -hmm. August of 2021, didn't you sell your e-bike business the following year or was it that same That's year? That's when the sale went through. Yeah, I listed it and like okay. when we moved down here. Remember my parents were down here and I listed it and then yeah, it, the sale went through in August. So it went that quick? It went really quick. I got the money in August. Right. So Daniel kind of like started, I don't want to say started because you definitely were doing other things too, right? But like your bigger break, I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it was, was the drop shipping business where you really started to see things take off, right? And then when that got to a certain point, your goal was always to sell it, right? So tell people a little bit about that process. Yeah. So what I would do 
is I it was called Urban Bikes Direct, UrbanBikesDirect.com. I would partner with U.S. suppliers. So, like for instance, I had a partner called uh, Jupiter Bikes. They're down here in Florida. All U.S. suppliers, like traditional drop shipping, is all like overseas China, and then they wait three weeks to get it. It's it's a low value, low income. I don't like the business model at all. What I was doing, I was actually partnering with U.S. suppliers and then selling their products for them. So. I'd be in contract with a bunch of different of the top brands of electric bikes in the in the country. And I'd partner with them for, it was a wholesale agreement essentially, but I just shipped the product online. I didn't have any physical presence at all. So yeah, that was really my start to entrepreneurship. I got that started, you know, with very, very little cash to my name. I had some rental properties and things like that, but that was, you know, one of those business I just had to grind out. I had very little money at that time. I had very little freedom at that time. And that was really... I put everything into that business. That was my first one, really my first business that I gave everything to. Yeah. Where you were like, I'm going at this full throttle. Exactly. And you know I, that when, especially when you don't have a, like, it's a little different now when I start businesses, cause I have a backing behind me, but when right. you, like everyone who's, who's an entrepreneur in your audience, including yourself, like when you start a business at first, you know, spending a little amount of money is like investing a little bit of your personal money into a business is very significant. And you have to do that over and over again and things go wrong and you go in the hole and all the what ifs and everything else you deal with as a business owner. That was like the first business I really saw what, what it took. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you had started like and dabbled in other things before, but then this was like the, you know, the big thing that kind of took you to the next level. But I remember you saying that, <clears throat> I think I've heard this story multiple times, but you would wake up in the morning and work before your nine to five, right? Like you would wake up and like literally work from your bed on this business, right? Yeah. You know, being a drop shipping company, we had a lot of logistical errors since I didn't house any of the products. I always had to be in contact with all the suppliers, making sure my orders are going through, doing all the customer support, return stuff. I was a one man show for a long time. Then I started hiring, you know, by the time I sold it, I had a lot of virtual assistants, Filipino vir virtual assistants overseas working. But before then I had to do all the customer service. I had to do all the marketing. I had to do all the sales, just like anyone starting their business. It's a lot of moving parts and pieces. So I, I would try to get up early and that's, that was hard for me. And I watched TV before going to bed. So I usually have my laptop next to me anyways. So I started, you know, waking up at five. 5.30 every single morning. And if I was too tired, sometimes I'll get out of bed if I could and go to my desk. But if I was like just really, really tired, I'd say whatever. I just flip over, roll over, turn my laptop on, still like kind of laying down and just start getting back with emails or processing orders and things like that. I did that for a while, but that was my way of like being able to get some things done. It was just easier for me getting out of bed and going to my office sometimes when you're really, really, really tired and had a late night before, cause I was working a lot. Uh, especially with the nine to five, it was just hard for me to get up sometimes. So I put my laptop, my laptop would be next to my bed. I'd open it up and start working right in the morning. Yeah, I know. I think that's like, I think that's a cool thing to remember. Cause like, I mean, you're getting up to work that early. You might as well just work from bed. Like if you have to, you know what I mean? I feel like it just eases you into getting in the practice of getting up earlier and getting to work. Like you're doing it anyway, you might as well, you know, do it from bed, like ease to your desk and just like do what you can manage. I don't know. I think that's like a really cool, admirable thing and like something cool that you can look back on, like when you were really, really grinding in your business. But on that token, like I feel like you have 
a good balance, like a good work-life balance, even though you are an entrepreneur and like you, you are like, definitely you work a lot and you work on like weekends or work, you know, after hours or whatever, but it never feels like overkill or where like, I don't feel like I get optimal time with you. And don't hold this over my head later when I'm complaining about something. But uh, I do actually really feel like you have a good balance of that. So explain how you keep that balance in your life of, you know, doing things personally and also managing, you know, your work schedule as well. It's it's more brain power than actually work, I think, what it takes because there's a lot of moving parts and pieces in business especially owning multiple, I still own multiple businesses. I'm starting another business. So it's a lot more, I'd say mental capacity than actually me sitting down, cranking out work, which there's a lot of that obviously too. But I don't know my, for me, my body kind of just tells me like when my brain will get super foggy and just unclear and I won't be productive. Like I'm, I feel like I'm aware enough to when I, I know when I need breaks and I know when my body needs to recharge. We bought that sauna and ice bath that that's like today, right? You know, not right before this, but a few hours ago, I took a break. I went in the sauna. I went in the ice bath. I jumped in the pool for like 45 mm -hmm. minutes. So I, I just, I, me personally, like I love hobbies and that's kind of my way to escape the job and just not think about anything else completely. I go to jujitsu every day. I play video games. I go do the ice bath. I just have enough hobbies. I, I love my hobbies. So I make sure to always do those. And that kind of separates it a lot. We watch TV pretty much every night for 15, 30 minutes. And I don't know. I like, I like those activities a lot. So watch I, it I try longer to keep them that. in my schedule. Well, it depends. Some nights we're like, Oh, you want to watch for 10 minutes? Cause it's getting late. So we yeah. do that some nights. And then some like last night we watched the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. We, st yeah. We'll usually start like winding down or like eat dinner anywhere between like seven and eight. Honestly, we eat dinner pretty late. And then we'll around that time we'll like go sit on the couch and like put on a show or something like that. But you are very passionate about jujitsu. So I, and I kind of feel like that really helps you like be better in your business because it gives you like something outside of business to focus on and be passionate about and like not be just like have a healthy balance. So describe like what that, what, what do you feel like that does for you and like your mental health, your physical health, everything? Well, it's cool. Cause when I'm like mentally not feeling great or tired or just not, you know, having a bad day in general. Jiu-Jitsu is something you can usually go to, and it's a combat sport. So when you're in the zone, you don't think about anything else when you get in that zone, and that's cool. Like for that 50 minutes when you're rolling and doing, you know, grappling around, you there's times I literally won't think about anything else the whole time. And that that's really, like, cool to have that in my life, I think. Along with that, like, there's so many principles in Jiu-Jitsu that go with business, I think. Um, like the, my professor Gabe always says truth through combat, truth by combat. And what he means by that is in jujitsu, you can talk as big of a game as you want, right? You can talk or act like you've done whatever, but you show up and you start rolling and everyone will know your skill level and you know, your experience right off the bat. There is no lying. There is no faking that same philosophy translates to business. Like the market is the market. The market will tell. You can't just fake your way into business. You actually got to execute and provide value to get compensated. And just the patience aspect of it, like one, one door closes, someone shuts down one move, another door opens up because they move their body in that way. And there's just so many, that's not why I do it, but there's so many relationships 
that correlate, I think, with business and just life in general and and jujitsu alongside. Yeah, you are very passionate about it. And it's it's cool to see you have like something on the side that you're so like lit up about because literally you guys like Daniel will come home and be like, babe, oh my God, this like really crazy thing happened in jujitsu. I got to tell you about it. Like, or will like try and do his moves on me, which is like the most annoying thing ever. She doesn't ever. like that. Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> like that. I wish that's why I want, I want a kid, but I don't want the baby. I want him to be like 12 years, like 13, 14 years old right off the rip. And so I can, so I can start training with them. That's not true. You love like your nieces and stuff like that. Like you love that stage. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. I just want someone to train with food. Like if I had a roommate that trained jujitsu right now, I'd probably be best in the world. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll be open, more open-minded about it. But I will say you there's not like many surfaces. What, me? Yeah. Like when you're constricted and you actually realize you can't move because <laughs> I have you in oh, something, that's when you start to panic. It gives me PTSD of like when you were being tickled as a kid and you couldn't get out you know like i hated that yeah, my, my dad my used uncle to do that jim, shit to me and my like, uncle jim off. used to do that yeah i can definitely relate really fada jim mhm oh my god that's funny um but i don't feel like we have that many surfaces in our house where we can like roll cuz that's what they call it rolling like our house is all tile and we don't have any we don't have any carpet. We have like a rug, but there's really not meant much square foot where we can use it beside our like bed. But even that, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's not many places not, you could practice. I, I'm ordering traveling wrestling mats. So you can, they fold, they're like trifold. You throw them in your thing and you can take them anywhere. And then I'll put it outside on the grass. Grass is already a soft surface. Oh God. And then you put the oh mats on top of it. Oh gosh. Where are we going to put these things? Store these things. Oh. Your, your closet. Your <laughs> um, when we were growing up, Erica's family had this big ass bonus room and they had just like all mats on the floor. It was like huge because she was like big into gymnastics. And so like we would just go in there and play and like do like cartwheels and what are those things called? Somersaults and stuff like that and whatever tricks. I feel like that was that would be your dream. Just like a room full of mats in your house. Eventually we'll have that. You know, Florida's different because you guys are from Ohio, Florida, and you guys don't know this, Florida, or if you're from anywhere else, but Florida doesn't have basements is what I was trying to say. Some, a lot of other areas don't have mm-hmm. basements in the country either, but like Ohio, all my houses always had basements, so it's easy. You throw down some mats in, in the basement, you throw down the sauna in the basement, you throw everything. There's no basements, and we don't even really have an attic here either, so we have to be unique with space. It's, a de- it's not a small house, the actual square footage, but there's no basement, so it makes it feel a lot smaller than what I grew up around. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of weird differences about Florida and Ohio homes, but maybe one day we'll have an Ohio home part-time. Thoughts? Agreed? Yeah. I have a Yeah, I agree. Crickets. Um okay, I want to talk about you and your brother working together and I feel like you guys have a great working relationship. And it's really cool to see because my family does not work together well. Like they definitely have severed, <laughs> severed relationships, I feel like, because of it. But I feel like you guys are so good at it and like you're still so close. And like when we go home to Ohio to visit them, like you guys all hang out 24-7 and you and your brother work out together, do everything. So like do you feel like there's any strategy behind that or like you guys like talked and like formed an agreement or do you just feel like it's because of 
who you are as people? Like, how do you, how do you manage that? It's just, I think it's a good fit naturally. We don't, we do have separate roles, obviously, and we keep that pretty separated in terms of what he's in charge of, what I'm in charge of, but there's lots of overlap. And that overlap, it's worked out in our favor, I think, because we just work naturally well together. He has a lot of different skills and traits that I don't have. And I think vice versa too. Like he, there's just certain things that he does that I have no, that I just don't really know much about. And I don't really care to learn as much about that he's fine with executing on. Yeah. And vice versa. He's more of the operator in the business in general. Like if you guys know the book Traction, uh, they split it up into when you have two leaders in a organization, there's the operator and there's the visionary. He's de- he's definitely more of the operator. Yeah. And does like for, for Apke land, he does a lot more, you know, of the actual deal reviews and deals and all that stuff. And that's, a, I'm, I'm a lot, I work really closely with the land investing online community and things like that as well, but I'm still in the bit, all the businesses for sure, but there's just different, he's more in the weeds of Apke yeah, land and some of the other picture. business. Yeah. Which is interesting. Cause I feel like I'm more big picture, but in our relationship, you're more detail oriented, I think. How so? Like, if I tell you something that like I want to do, you're like, but you got to execute. Like, here's the steps to execute. And like, you're like, okay, <laughs> well, what are you going to act- do with details? What? Well, I know, but you're, I'm really good at like creating like big picture ideas or like having these big, cool, crazy ideas, but I'm not good at thinking about how to get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Like the the middle part really like confuses me. You need an operator. Yeah, you need an operator. But visionaries are very, very, I actually take back what I said because visionaries are very, very good at finding a way to get from point A to point B to point C. Like they know the path and they know where they're going. So they put different yeah. pieces in place. And then, you know, if there's a point A, B, C, D, they kind of direct the operator and direct the team from point A to point B to point C along the way. They know, visionaries do know the path. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I have more of it in me than I think, but in like our relationship specifically, I feel like you're more of like, you know, like more steps in, in specific things. Like, I don't know. Anyways, why well, I used to, when I worked at my, one of my last companies, um, I was on this group where we like planned events and stuff like that. And I feel like for me, I was like the one that was like, okay, here's how we're going to get to the point like A and B and C. And like, I didn't feel like anyone else was on the same page with me. I was like, um, hello, are the lights on here? Babe, Zoe is snoring. Can you hear her? No. <laughs> so Daniel and I are recording in different rooms right now. I'm recording in my office and he's recording in his because we don't have a way to like record in the same room right now. But our dog is in my office and she's snoring up a storm. So sounds like you- her. What? <laughs> I said, it sounds like her. Yeah. I want to ask you a couple more questions about being an entrepreneur. What would you say is your strength and weakness and like your biggest strength in being an entrepreneur and your biggest weakness or biggest challenge? So my strength is, I think definitely my vision because I've always had like, I know where I want to go and I know where I'm going to get. Right. And I think I'm really good at aligning pieces in my life, aligning people around me to be able to get from that point to the point where I want to go. I think that's definitely my strength by far. And even like when I first started my business, I always like just had that vision. I knew it was going to work. I knew like where I wanted to go. And when you have that, like such a strong feeling in you, you just make things happen, I think. And you just believe and you die full force. I think that's definitely my biggest strength. In terms of weaknesses, I think 
like going off that vision point, not getting sidetracked because it would be so fun for me to open up. I love opening up businesses and getting everything together and getting the operations down and, you know, taking a business from $0 to a few million dollars. Like that's fun. I love that part, but you don't want to spread yourself out too thin. And I've done that in the past. I told you guys I've had 10 to 15 different businesses and you don't want to spread yourself out too thin because it will come and harm you. Uh, and it just would dilute everything. So staying focused on what we're currently working on, what the task is at hand and what our current business and focus is, I think is one of the challenges for me. And I, I, I feel like I listen to a lot of Alex Ramosi and he's big on just focusing on one thing until you get there or else that one thing's going to suffer. So yeah. I think that's definitely one of the weaknesses there. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I feel like because things get monotonous after like a certain point of time. I don't know if this like you relate to this and that's kind of what you're saying. But I feel like after a certain point of time, like things get like it's just like doing a lot of the same things day in and day out. And it's like not a lot of like, you know, like dopamine, like, you know, it's like just yeah. doing something cool and new and like whatever. New and yeah, right. Like when doing, when you're kind of like level out, then it's like, okay, what's the next thing I can start? But do you remember when I was like on my spiritual journey and I was like doing a lot of like research on like astrology and like, do you remember me talking about human design? Mm -hmm. I feel like this is that, that is so manifesting generator of you because that's what you are. That's your design. It's basically like when you have like these big ideas and like you like generate your own energy and you like can work on, you have like big ideas and you can like work on projects, but it comes like kind of in spurts. I don't know. For people who are interested in that kind of stuff, you can go out of myhumandesign.com, I believe, or my.humandesign. Anyways, it's it's really interesting. It helps you like learn a lot about yourself. It's like one of those personality type tests. Um, but to wrap up, I want to ask you a couple of questions about advice that you would give for people who are trying to be entrepreneurs or they want to start their own business. They want to start something of their own. What would you say to those people? You got to start first off. Cause a lot of people sit on the sidelines. You're not going to learn on the sidelines. Like you might learn about the business, but you're not, you, you learn in the weeds. You learn for my business model. Like you learn getting like sending mail and getting leads and doing all that. Like you learn by starting, you got to take the first step. What's the first step to starting your business? Delaney, what was your first step for starting the podcast? You need to just create a name, create your, you know, get your camera, get everything in place, get your guests lined up, whatever that first step is for your business. You got to get that on paper and just start scratching it off and taking action. And then things will get hard. You're going to be 10 weeks, 15 weeks, 20 weeks in, and you're going to want to, you know, turn your podcast light off, shut everything down, not record one week, let it slide, whatever. That's where everyone's weaned out. You got to keep going through. It might take you, you know, it might take you a year. It might take you two years. It might take you six months. Every, everyone's success looks different, but yeah, you got to start and you got to stay consistent. And then along the way, like, cause at first you might not be starting. Cause you're like, Oh, what if this isn't a good idea? What if there's too much competition in the space? What if all that? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It's your first business. It's, it's not like you, you can always pivot. You're going to learn by being in the weeds, understanding what your competition is doing, understanding what your customers want. That's how you learn. And then you kind of adjust as you go. Like yeah. I started with, uh, for example, I started with, I told you this this morning, I, I'll say a guy named Iman Gatsi. He started with um, a agency, a social media agency for that. He was just teaching people how to run social media agencies pretty much. And yeah. then that started getting a little bit diluted and he was still doing very, very, very well with it. But then he ended up going the education route 
to provide information to people. Like it just, it never ends how it starts is what I'm trying to say. That's true. I think that's like one of the biggest lessons you probably learn as an entrepreneur, whether you try to start anything, a podcast, social media, a business, a service, anything is that like when the going gets tough, keep going because like, and I think like learn to pivot quickly. And this is like pretty much what you just said. But I, when I was starting Happy Scampers and starting my business, my biggest hang up was that like, I didn't finish it and like wrap it up with a bow perfectly. Like I was so stressed about the fact that like I didn't end this or close it out or I didn't keep going. And it was, that was really hard for me to get through. And I feel like that's like the biggest thing to hold you back as an entrepreneur is like not pivoting and like really like getting mad at yourself for not like for not seeing it through, like just pivot, try something new or whatever it is. Or if it's like something that you really still feel like is, is, is worth it or you want to keep going with, then you can't just like give up when it starts to get challenging. Like that's when you really have to keep going. And like, that's how you come out on the other side. And that's like really what makes the best entrepreneurs is like when they keep going. And I think so many people, what? Keep going. I was going to say, I think so many people that we, you and I both listen to, like, you know, the Ed Milets, the Alex Hormoses, the, you know, Jesse Itzlers, all have said, like, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging, but you have to, like, just keep going. And, and there's so many stories about people's challenges and what they've had to overcome. And that, I think, is inspiring. Yeah, in full context, like, I've, I didn't do this all on my own. I had, I've gotten, you get through the hard times, one, with surrounding yourself with people who are going to encourage you, two, having the mental capacity to understand that you have to keep going because my family and friends and everyone didn't think it was going to work. I called a friend to pitch him the idea. I showed him the website. He said, this is really cool. You're doing this, but this isn't going to work. You need help. Uh, like countless stories like that. Who so said you got to have people, someone said that to you. A lot of people, and I have one specifically for a specific person that I remember. It's my fa- friends, family. You'll hear that a lot. I can't wait for you to tell when, me after this. And it, it, that stuff just happens, and that's yeah. fine. I don't care. That's what drives me at the end of the day, because I want to prove people wrong. And I was, I didn't get good grades growing up, and I think that's part of like my wiring under me is I want to prove people wrong, the teachers wrong. Like not actually today. I'm not like working here today saying I want to prove the teachers wrong. But there's some like that's how my wiring's kind of made up. Because it will it's get hard and you, you. got to find. It's deep in me for sure. But full disclosure, I didn't do what I was starting to say is I didn't do this all myself. I buy a ton of programs and courses uh-huh. all the time. I just bought one on SEO for one of my employees that we're going through together. I buy them on, I bought them on drop shipping for that business, e-commerce, Google ads, uh, marketing. Um, just, But I buy those courses with the full intent to completely execute on them too. Because some uh-huh. people buy, because I sell a program and a course myself. And some people buy to sit on the sidelines and be a part, which is whatever. But if you want to make it happen, go through the course, take it literally. Like I buy a lot of courses. I'm strict with what courses I buy. I'm picky with them because I like the good ones. But I, I've bought probably 15 courses plus in my life. I bought a course on stretching. You know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does it every night in the living room and like has me stand on his his legs in the butterfly position. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. It's so uncomfortable. For me, you're not even the one stretching. Yes, because, babe, when I'm standing on your legs, I'm like literally like leaning over you and like putting my arms on the couch or on your shoulders. It's such a weird position to be in for like five minutes. 
Yeah. Anyways, what? <laughs> um, okay. So last couple of questions. I want to know what advice you would give to couples who are in long-term relationships and they are moving in together or they already live together and they like are just like hitting a rut. They feel frustrated with each other. Like what advice would you give those people? This 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 is not my house. <laughs> <laughs> what advice? Just think about it. Like um, they're in a rut. Like that means they're fighting and not on good terms right now. I don't know. Just like think about like people advice that you would. Okay, we've lived together for two years now, two and a half years, whatever. Like, what would you tell people who are like about to move in together, or maybe they live together and they're like fighting, or they're stressed out with each other, and like they're just I don't know getting annoyed with little things like you and I get mad about the dishes or the the clothes. Like what would your advice be to people who are in those situations? Well, first you got to, with any relationship, girlfriend or not, you got, you got, this isn't my wheelhouse guys, but I'm going to spit by the, I'm going to try to spit something out. I want to hear what you have to say. I was going to say like any relationship, you got to communicate. Like if you start to feel frustration built up and you're not getting that across, that's going to, that's going to continue to build up and you got to just be open and communicate. Like if, they, if there's something that they're doing and obviously you got to do it in a manner where it's not going to, you know, kill the, hurt their feelings or anything like that. You got to be nice about it. And you know, if you guys <laughs> are going back and forth advice. in a rut, there's, there's, the, <laughs> there's also a chance that <laughs> you, kidding. you like tell them they're doing something that's bothering you that you want to talk about. And then, and then they're going to come at you with like five more things and it's just a shit show. So, but <laughs> anyways, from I, I think just open, just open. Yeah. Speaking from experience last week. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. But I think just being open and honest, if things start to, if you actually start feeling emotions, like, and it's building up, you got to talk that out for sure. Or else it's just going to get worse. Who do you think has more frustrations in this relationship, you or me? I, I just remember I was frustrated because I I uh, was working all last week and I came to you and I was like, we got to work together. I got a lot of things to do. Remember, I came to you, you're in the shower yeah, or yeah, something yeah. and I talked about it. Like that's that was right. I was drinking my espresso and I was getting fired up in my head because I was like, the dishes are everywhere. The place is a mess. Delaney hasn't had a job in a week. What? Why is the house a mess? And okay, I felt it start. It- I, I felt it start. No, I'm just saying how my mind was working at that time in that yeah, moment. Yeah. But and I was saying, like, I who feel. do you think comes to c- communicates more frustrations, you or me? Um, you. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't get that frustrated with things, or else I tell you. I know. Well, the one thing I will say about our relationship, and I, you can tell me if you agree, is I feel like neither of us hold things back really. Like, there's definitely things that like I get annoyed with, and I don't tell you necessarily, or like, I don't know. But I think that, like, for the most part, like, you and I tell each other anything that, like, bothers us or annoys us or, like, we, like, communicate a lot. And sometimes that's to a fault because, like, I can get angry in the moment and, like, be overly mean to you. <laughs> like, just get frustrated. But don't you agree? Like, I feel like we pretty much always say what frustrates us. Yeah. That's what I think, like, if I'm giving advice to someone else, though, that's just free-flowing communication, I think, is the important yeah. I completely agree. That was beautiful, honey. Um, Okay, last question. What is the most rewarding thing about being in a long-term relationship? I think having someone you can actually trust 
because in this, like, you just never really, and I don't mean to sound dark or anything, but you just really never know, like, outside family who you can actually trust. And I think having someone who you can actually trust, they actually want the best for you, they have your back, I think that's really, really powerful. Honey, I'm going to cry. Make it um, easy. <laughs> I agree. I think, too, like, just knowing that, like, there's someone there that you're, like, growing alongside as individuals and as a couple and like they're seeing all these stages of your life but they're doing it together and like bouncing things off of you and you get to well yeah and like it's cool you see the journey like in like you saw me when I was didn't have any of these businesses that I still have today like building that journey up building my personal and health journey I was still working at my nine to five job and you see the journey and you see the growth and that just goes alongside with building the trust I think Mm mm-hmm I completely agree. It's it's really ex- like cool to like look back on a relationship and see like all the crazy changes and like things that have happened in our just like three and a half, almost four years of dating. Um, and lastly, what's your favorite thing about me? About you? <laughs> yeah. Favorite thing about you? Got to pick one. There's a lot of them here. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, not on the. You say there's a lot. Got to pick one. I think, um, geez, I don't know. I like how you have your own passions. I think that's really cool because a lot of times, I don't know, you don't see that. But I think having an actual mission that you're on as an individual and trying to, you know, you have this podcast. That's really cool. Um, You have a lot of great friends, I think. And I think just the whole the mission that you're on, you're trying to become someone for yourself, not for anyone else, I think. And I think that's really cool because it's, it shows that you're just kind of determined and independent and going to make a way to make it happen. I'm going to listen back to this podcast whenever I'm feeling sad, just this like last five minutes. What is the most challenging thing that you think about being in a long-term relationship? I think the fact that there there's going to be ups and downs and understanding that there's going to be downs in relationships, there's going to be ups, it's not always going to be like the honeymoon phase. And just understanding that there's ups and downs in relationship, they flow different. There's, you know, days where you're going to be pissed off at each other and there's days where things are going to be great and you guys are laughing and holding hands and just things are going great. So I think just understanding, getting through those downs and understanding that there's probably an up, some ups around the corner and getting through those times together. I think so too. And there are like so many people that I look up to in like business, motivational speakers, whoever, you know, like I'm thinking specifically of like Mel Robbins. Do you know who that is? She's Mm -hmm. a woman. She's like a motivational speaker. So I'll show you her later, but she, her and her husband went through this patch of like, they were in like $800,000 worth of debt. I can't even remember like really what the scenarios were, but she remembers like, being so mad and like resentful at her husband and like kind of just like wanting out, but like knowing that they had to get through that period. And there's, I think there are so many stories like that where like there may be times where you're like frustrated with each other and you're, you know, like you're annoyed and like you can only see that right at that, in that time. But like, just like knowing that there's like a bigger picture and like getting through that feels so rewarding. And like, I think when you're in a healthy relationship, like, it's I think people think that like healthy relationships are like the toxic passionate relationships that like up and down and up and down and up and down but like when you're in a healthy relationship things feel very like 
can feel kind of constant and level. And like some days you have great days, some days you don't have good days because like some, you know, you're frustrated with each other or there's something stressful going on with finances or work or external factors. And like maintaining through all of those things is going to be challenging. Like there's no doubt about that. But I think that that's like one of the most rewarding things about being in a relationship with you specifically is like we've been through both of those types of experiences. And I feel like we're a lot stronger because of it. And so now I have like not, I don't have doubt in my mind of like if we can, you know, last in the long term because of those reasons, you know? Absolutely. Okay. What is your favorite comfort show? These are my my rapid fire. Have you heard them before? My favorite comfort show? Yeah, your yeah. rapid fire I have. Um, <laughs> my my favorite comfort show right now, it goes in trends. And I don't, The Office was mine for the longest time. I've probably seen that 10 times over again. I think if I still had to put on one show, that'd probably be it. But right now, I'm, I really look forward to watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's a good comfort show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear it every single night, the, the theme song Yep. next to me in bed. Um, what are some things that scare you about being an entrepreneur? There's a lot of unknowns. In entrepreneurship, you just don't know where things are going to go. There's a lot of external factors. There's a lot of things that happen. I think um, what's I, I wouldn't say it scares me necessarily, but what I you just you feel uneasy you, about it because it's uncertain. Yeah, you can feel uneasy at times. I'm not going to say I always feel uneasy because right. it's uncertain, but there's certain times you feel uneasy because you know you have we have employees. We have uh, you know we're growing. We're getting getting more employees constantly. You got people yeah. literally feeding families because of us. So it's just. You, there's there's more pressure and I, it's definitely I'm not scared of it but there's there's more pressure um but it, which makes it uneasy at times especially when things aren't going yeah. right yeah um h- how would someone describe you if your life was a movie and you were the main character um I think they would hopefully say like I I remember I used to get feedback um from my old jobs and it would say like I, I at first I think I come off very serious to people. And then once they get to know me, they understand I joke around a lot and things like that. So I think it so would kind of have that dry, drier personality come off serious. But once you actually know me, I, I, I joke around, I make a lot of jokes. I think they would have that personality along with, I, I would think, you know, I feel like I have a lot of passions and things like that. Passionate person. Yeah. You are a very passionate person, a very excited person. I feel like that's so, it's very interesting because like when I introduce you to some people, I feel like you're kind of quiet at first and like more serious, like straight face. But then when you get to know you, you're literally like the most like excited, passionate, like goofy person. And like when you're telling stories, like the most animated person besides me. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, don't you think I'm pretty animated? Like when I was a kid, I was like growing up and like putting on shows for my family. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. The last question is what's something that you're currently obsessed with? I just started <laughs> I just started a new video game called Rocket League and I I play video games, you know, depends Every the day. day, but I, I try to play 30 like 30 minutes a day or you know, it just depends, but I play uh I started playing Rocket League. It's a little game and you know, video games usually aren't my passion, definitely not, but right now I'm like trying to get better at that cuz I suck and it's cool to see me like from start to finish with that and how I'm getting better. So I like these next this next these last couple of weeks, I think that's been kind of my passion. I don't want to even say my video game. Now that I think about what I just said, my video game is my passion, but no, it's just it's like, like a right hobby. now, some, 
it's yeah that's right now that's my hobby that i've been like trying to get better at yeah and i would say i thought you were gonna say a sauna and ice bath because we just got a sauna and ice bath in our backyard and he goes every day and he's like on my ass to go every day yeah that's been that's 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 more yeah like you said recently like i've always been pretty passionate about that that was the last couple years and people a lot of times like ask me like my girlfriends if I get annoyed with you playing video games and the answer is really honestly no because if he was like up my ass 24 7 or vice versa if I was up his like I feel like you'd get so annoyed with each other I'm I'm realizing that I'm someone who needs a lot of like alone time and even if like we're in the same house and doing different things like I love that he plays video games because I can watch my shows or I can do the laundry and listen to a podcast or like like cook dinner or do the dishes with a like a, a podcast or just something in the background like I need that time doing something that I enjoy as well and I feel like that's what Daniel enjoys what annoys me is when he's screaming at the freaking tv and I can hear it in the different room or if I ask him a question about like is chicken okay for dinner or something like that and you I ask you 500 times and you freaking don't answer me that's what bothers me about it yeah, well, football season's right around the corner too this week, so you'll hear some more screaming around here. I know, I know. I'm kind of excited for that. Honestly, it's like I'm ready for fall, like cozy times. All right, honey, shout yourself out. Tell everybody about where they can find you on social media, about where they can find you in terms of business. Go for it. Yeah, in general, just business, entrepreneurship, real estate. Because I, I didn't, we didn't talk too much about this, but I started in real estate investing, just rental properties. I own rental properties in Cincinnati. So if that's something you guys are interested in, just learning about real estate, entrepreneurship in general, I'm most active on Instagram, I think. Instagram.com slash Daniel Apke. My tag's just at Daniel Apke. It's A-P-K-E. And that's where you can find me. Send me a DM if you have questions, whatever you want, reach out. I'm here to help. They also have a podcast, him and his brother, Ron, called the Real Estate Investing Podcast. And they they have a lot of free resources online. So if you're interested in like land investing or real estate investing, there's tons of things on YouTube, Instagram, um, po- the podcast, all across social media and online. Lots of resources for you to end the free Discord channel if you're interested. Absolutely. Um, I feel like there's so many things that we could talk about, honestly. I think there's way more we could get into with entrepreneurship and I want you know, the audience at some point to hear about your year in Israel, what it's like dating an entrepreneur, questions for us maybe about, I don't know, relationship stuff, do it maybe doing a Q&A in the future. I think that could be cool because there's so many things I feel like I could talk to you about. But thank you so much for being on the show, honey. And I can't wait. I hope you come back soon. Thanks for having me. It's different than most of the other podcasts I've been on in entrepreneurship, talking about relationships and for the majority of it, but it was it was really fun hashing it out. Thank you. No, I actually think you gave a lot of really good advice. I'm I'm proud. Sweet. Thanks for All having right. me. Bye, honey. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. If you are loving the podcast, please please leave a rating and review and tell others what you're loving about the show. It really helps grow the podcast and helps me create more content for you. If you have suggestions for the pod or questions you'd like me to answer, you can always email staroftheshowpod at gmail.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next Wednesday.